0: And Welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to unlock the perfect dog and the perfect relationship and being the perfect owner. So we're covering quite a lot. And today um, we are going to be doing a bit of a tips tennis on what what would be our top tips for creating, inspiring, and growing that perfect pet dog?
1: Now, so frequently and even more frequently than ever, we are asked, so obviously, um, Tom and I we have an on-the-ground training center and we're we' we we are on the ground dog trainers. We see mm. people day in, day out. And people ask us, what makes the perfect dog? Like what makes your perfect pet? Mm. What makes your perfect dog? What makes a a dog um easy in in all environments and and both of us Mm. have pretty um clear opinions and Mm -hmm. um and and probably some facts that go alongside Mm. that um as to what has worked for us and also what we've experienced throughout our training careers right
0: yeah absolutely and so if i set the ball rolling oh there's so many i oh i can't i'm struggling to pick a first one i'm gonna say um a dog that actively values proximity and being close what that creates is true freedom on and off leash where you're not having to constantly tell them what to do because actually they're hanging out they're checking in they're able to be a dog and yet equally they're not going far away it means that you're not having to constantly you know watch them and tell them to recall you know, actually we rarely recall our dogs on a walk because it, it tends to be they're just checking in we're going through and this
1: walk together it's such a fine balance because i think that I mean for me Tokyo I'm, I'm probably most proud of where he is that he's cool off lead anywhere mm. and equally he values being put back on lead yep. so if you want to put him back on lead he gets excited about that mm. which I, I'll i be really honest he's probably other than Blink he's probably the first dog I've really experienced this with where he desperately like likes to be on his lead mm. and equally he walks loosely even though it was not a trained exercise mm. so it was not like we're going to go out and train loose lead walking which I'll be honest 10-15 years ago we definitely did mm. so um, Tom was only just out of his school then but mm. But you know what we um we definitely 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 did and so so um i think it's important to acknowledge that it really does work um on yeah. leash and it works off leash and for me having a dog that walks on leash is and you i know you guys at home are appreciating this it's such a true pleasure mm. like it it feels yeah. quite Empowering, like I, yeah. I, stick my shoulders back and I stick like my chest out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm walking my dog, and they're really loose on their lead because it feels nice. It mm. feels like you're a bit of a, I don't know, you're having a team team win. Mm. And then I suppose the other thing for me is with proximity, your dog is going to get more and more freedom. So mm. from a pet point of view, they have a more enriched, happy, and um, joyful pethood yeah. uh, because actually they they are enabled to be um, off lead more and more frequently.
0: Absolutely. Next tip would probably be calmness oh, first you say that. Yeah. calmness first if you have the the this kind of cemented in your brain no matter what situation you find yourself in calmness first then you won't go far wrong because if you grow this foundation of calmness one you're going to get great behavior just by the fact that you've inspired this emotion of calmness but secondly that's then the foundation that you can build all kinds of other cool things but first and foremost calmness first
1: now, the cool thing with calmness is that actually you can always energize and change and yeah. uh, arouse it up when you want to. So for me, as a sports dog handler, initially I heard this and I was a bit alienated by it. And actually, I've seen the mm. um, the real life rewards that you get from it. I've seen the real life results that you get from it. Um, and actually, I've also seen that you can take them from being really quite um, calm to high arousal mm. in less than a like that. It yeah. is that. It's the click of the fingers. Yeah. Bang. They're there. Um, and for me, that's a really cool thing to have at your fingertips. And equally, um, owning a dog with calmness, um, it is just a true pleasure, whether that's visiting the pub together, whether that's nice long walks together, yeah. whether that's your dog being able to one of my proud moments, and I have had I have had blips, I've had blips in this one, but it's my young dog watching out the window with not barking at people mm. and not barking at dogs and yet he um, definitely, definitely, definitely has had the odd blip where he started thinking that's okay mm. um, but on the whole calmness for me is is its lifestyle, it's everything that goes with it, whether yeah. that's sitting in the garden whether that's um, being around other people's dogs, whether it's dog-dog interaction it's it just builds for everything and when we say calmness um, we have a whole badge on calmness, I know those mm. of you that are part of the training academy, you'll likely have watched it because it's um, one of the bonuses to the training academy but there's a whole badge on calmness and how we grow it and and for me um, obviously calm supplement and and all of the other things we do all support calm but really calmness for us is king absolutely and so next
0: tip that we would go for for the perfect pet is it's not about teaching your dog to interact with things it's actually about showing them that there's value in not interacting with them so example being sometimes when we get a dog we wrongly think that we're in charge of teaching them how to speak to their own species the reality is that they come knowing that they need the skills to sometimes execute a con- conversation, and that might look like the skill of calmness, the skill of confidence, right? Um, and this skill that we're talking about, this skill of disengagement, because we we know many humans that know what they should say in a social setting, and yet... Maybe the skill of calmness fails and they get a little bit overexcited. Maybe the skill of disengagement fails and they just can't end the conversation. The point is it's exactly the same for our dogs. and We see a lot of dogs where they've actually purposefully not been taught disengagement. They've been taught engagement. Engagement with people. Engagement with other dogs. Engagement with distractions and life. Because we think that's the secret to an enriching life for our dogs. The reality is that an enriching life for our dogs looks like us and our dogs going through life together as a team. And the way that, that we achieve that is by teaching our dogs to disengage from the environment.
1: And if we think about this one, it's one of those ones that sadly has been put in tick list after tick list mm-hmm. after tick list and said, go socialize your dog. Yeah. Like it's one of those misconceptions and probably it's one of those like old sort of... um Tales that um everyone would follow yeah. go and take them and see the uh, man in fluorescent jacket pop and see the baseball cap make sure you tick off uh, the child the person mm. in a wheelchair and all the other things that your dog might see that are novel to them mm. actually i think we've got to consider whether um, by by doing all of those things yeah. um, and seeing things that maybe are different to our dogs is that the right direction to take them in when it comes to engagement?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So next tip.
1: I'm going to say confidence. <laughs> and the reason I'm going to say confidence, <laughs> so I'm going to jump in on this one, is that I think if you've got a confident dog, mm. it makes owning a pet much easier. Yeah. So I was in a situation yesterday. I was in a situation where a dog had managed to slip its lead and mm. ran straight over to one of my dogs. And in that moment, it took my dogs by surprise they kind of shook it off and they went, now this is cool. Mm. And it was confidence they needed. Whereas if they'd been a scared dog, they'd probably have squealed. Mm. And if they'd been, um, or could possibly have landed on that dog Mm. and said, I don't like that. Um, but actually, they sort of shook it off really well, and for me, yeah. that was confidence that really um, sort of swung it. Were they um, dogs I put in that situation loads? How do we practice it? Absolutely not. Like these are not things we had gone. Let's rehearse a dog running into us, and let's practice this scenario. And <laughs> um, it's not something we practice. But confidence is king. What yeah. do you think, Tom?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that if you can. If you can inspire confidence and grow a confident dog, and there are really two elements to confidence. One is optimism, that idea that we talked about a lot um, in previous episodes whereby... When presented with something slightly strange, like a dog running into them, do they assume it to be good or do they assume it to be bad? The second part of confidence is actually then, when they assume it to be something a little bit weird, do they shake it off and think, ah, I'll do my power pose and this will be fine? Or do they actually do something that is going to make the situation worse, like bark and lunge at back or or squeal and run away or whatever it might be? Because... there are times where we as humans are not optimistic. Like, I, I, the example that I'll often give is if we're queuing for a roller coaster and you see the, you see you hear people's screams in the distance as they, they experience the roller coaster, there are moments where your optimism fails. But you don't leave the line. Equally, you don't punch the person next to you. You think, you know what? I've got this. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. And you power through it. And so... Or you step
1: out of the queue. You watch the others. You get yourself a great (laughs) ice cream. Never, never. And you take Um, it as entertainment. No, never.
0: (laughs) Um, And so confidence isn't just optimism. It's also then that, that kind of bridging the gap for when optimism maybe fails sometimes, which it's bound to. Now... Next tip is uh, probably one that is more important than any of the others. And that is having a a pet dog, being a team with your dog. It's actually about a trade of responsibility. There'll be some situations where your dog's quite not got the skills to make all the choices and to be totally free.
1: I'm going to give an example of this one. I've got a beautiful customer. She's an amazing lady, comes to us for regular training and let her dog off in the woods squirrels around dogs around people around knowing his recall is unreliable Mm -hmm. like let's be honest here that's giving
0: him way too much responsibility the trade wasn't right yeah and he's not going to enjoy that right to be honest
1: neither did she (laughs) right she thought she was going to enjoy the experience because she kind of had the moment where she said to herself i wonder what would happen if I let him off the lead right now, and in that moment, she let him off lead. Mm-hmm. And in asking that question, she probably already knew the answer. Yeah. If we're honest, be honest with us. I know you're all nodding your head at home, or in your car, or wherever you're doing your net time, listening to our mm-hmm. super cool Sex in a Squirrel podcast. Um, net time, by the way, guys, no extra time. Something doesn't take you any extra time. So I love that you're listening to it in the car. Um, and um, for for me, that was the trade off was wrong, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And equally, you could think about, for example, your dog. Um, having you're you're having visitors over, and you're working on your dog being calm around visitors. And you know that if you give your dog all the responsibility of being off lead and with your visitors, that your dog is going to jump all over them, potentially do a bit of humping, potentially grab their clothes. The visitors aren't going to enjoy it. You're going to feel really embarrassed. Your dog could well be enjoying it, but... They shouldn't be doing it. And the the point is, is that actually we could say, okay, maybe my dog does have the skills to be in this environment, so they don't have to be totally locked away, but maybe they need to be on lead. Maybe I need to take maybe 20% of the responsibility away from them while I'm teaching them the skills. And actually, this would be a great opportunity to teach them the skill of calmness because they're on lead, which is going to be more kind of conducive to calmness in this environment. And there's a game for that.
1: I think one of the biggies for me is... Having your own Mm self-discipline or enough self-discipline to say it's okay to not do this right now mm. and there will come a time but right now that responsibility isn't there yeah. um, or it's not quite the trade-off isn't quite where I need it or it's the wrong trade-off and and knowing that it's not the right experience for, for them and I, I recently we went into town and we uh, Matt looked at me as if to say oh, are we really going to take a dog with us in this situation I was like no we're good we're going mm. and we're not taking a dog and he was kind of you could see mm-hmm. pleasantly relieved and it is the learning journey of actually this experience and the trade-off and the responsibilities mm-hmm. yeah. isn't in the right place right now so none of that is in the right place right now so why put them in this scenario when we know it's not in the right place right now
0: next up look after yourself in this journey and it really is a journey and sometimes your dogs will do crazy things like um, I'll give you a, a, an example Magma the other day she she became absolutely terrified because she saw somebody stood at our front door um, a female and she thought it was Madeline and of course she loves Madeline so she ran up she was like oh hi hi um, and this person had had the same colour hair as Madeline was the same height as Madeline and the person turned around and it wasn't Madeline and yet it was a person that she knew and she also loved but because it wasn't the person she expected she was like oh my god the world has ended and she did a little squeal and ran to me and was like oh my goodness that that was traumatic Um, and the point is is that the temptation there is to go, oh my gosh, she just had a terrible or experience. The she's... temptation
1: is to even put only to make her go see that person. Yeah.
0: And 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 we must fix this. We must fix this. No, what you can do is you can go, oh, yeah, that's re- that was really interesting behavior I did not expect Wasn't that. Wasn't that good
1: information? <laughs> that
0: was really useful let's information. Give her a break.
1: Let's pop her away from it. Yeah.
0: And let's you know carry on and the next time she, you know, she saw then because we didn't force it, she's seen God knows how many people since then. And she's been absolutely fine with them. She had a moment where she expected one thing. She got a different thing. She was like, oh my goodness, this is too it's much. It's like
1: if you eat jam and instead of the jam being as you'd expect it, you found ketchup, mm, yeah. right? Like it would so, be a oh, shock but you, or maybe you thought it was sugar yeah. and instead it was salt. Yeah. It's, it's just not what you were expecting and it's not something you would never touch. It's just that actually it wasn't the desired outcome. Yeah.
0: And so what we've got to think is information give them a break right we all have bad days where we make interesting choices and um, and we see a lot of people that that say to us oh my goodness they'll they'll, they'll message us or email into the the ask team over. and they'll they'll be really Distraught and they'll be distraught because they'll say, I once had a dog that didn't like other dogs. It they happened he would once. bark at other dogs and he didn't like them. And I've got my, my young dog now, my new dog, and um, we just went on a walk and he barked it's, at a and dog. It's,
1: it's only happened once, right? Yeah, like this has only it's happened, happened once.
0: once. And actually, what has happened here is your dog has barked at another dog. But what the the story that has kind of ensued following that is I've got a dog dog aggressive dog I've got I've now got another reactive dog. Why does this happen to me? It's
1: going down exactly the same path. He's going to turn into exactly the same dog. I your, must have created this. I must have done something terribly wrong. I'm an awful dog owner.
0: Your dog just barked at another dog. It's all right, and that is information.
1: That is it. Simple simple as that. Simple as that. Nothing to panic about. Nothing to stress about. Mm. Nothing to write the new story Mm. about. Because actually, um, that is not your dog's story. You create your dog's story. And most of all, we want you to know that you take a good part of the responsibility until your dog is ready to take it. And so when it comes to having, I think, the perfect dog, the perfect pet, the perfect companion, let's consider responsibility and Mm. let's consider where the responsibility lies right now. Let's give a couple of examples here, Tom. So when I'm out and about with, let's say, um, Bet, Mm -hmm. um, we'll take Bet for a walk. We'll take Magma. So Bet is Tom's older collie. Magma is um, Tom's baby poodle. Um, Let's take Casino as well. So she's our real baby. She's a um, six months. months? Yeah, she's baby. There there we go. I've just added a month and a half on (laughs) for you. Between four and a half and six months, Tom and I are useless. Um, And um, then let's maybe add into the a mix blink yeah so responsibilities wise mm-hmm. Um, Blink is quite a small dog. She's yeah. a very, very good dog with other people. She's a very, very good dog with dogs, but she's a small dog. Mm-hmm. So if there was something going to charge in, I would actually bring her back to middle or back yeah. close because she's quite little. Yeah. So responsibility-wise, we'd be a bit aware of that. Now yeah. let's take Bet.
0: Bet so Bet would be um, Bet would love that situation. She would absolutely adore it. They're all her friends that would be going. And what Bet would want to do in that situation would be um to race. Now, the problem is, is that Blink is, you know, teeny tiny and equally Casino's teeny tiny at And the also moment. quite
1: fragile in the I, sense that she's a young dog. Yeah. We've and established so, that much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, um Bet would be on lead, potentially. And when she was off lead, what we would probably do is we would, we would be very clear about what we wanted to do. So, we would employ her in something. And
1: equally, we might even put Blink on lead when yeah. Bette's off lead. Yeah. Not because they don't get on. They got on fantastically oh, yeah. well. They like each other a lot.
0: But they both don't necessarily have self-preservation in mind. And so we have to take some responsibility there.
1: Equally, um, when we've got a pup-like casino out, she's a baby dog. Mm -hmm. Actually, she might spend some on-lead time, largely because the distractions might be too much for her. Or she's a young dog, so maybe running around for too long isn't necessarily what she needs to be doing. So we might take some responsibility on that front. And then how about Magma?
0: Um, Magma, she would actually be... She would probably be able to have the... a a significant amount of responsibility on her that where I would where I would definitely take some responsibility away from her is if, let's say, it was a quiet bridal path and then, let's say, a sheep appeared, something novel, I would, because she's a young dog, still not necessarily got her optimism fully kind of set and established, I would definitely input there and say, nice job for spotting that. Here is some of your daily food lines. So she would have the responsibility trade in that way. Now, the interesting thing is is that um, the if if we were, let's say let's say madeline was riding bella the horse and we were taking the same group with the the dog that would really struggle with um that would really struggle with that at the moment would be casino because she'd be wanting to manage the movement of bella's swishy tail and bella has a very swishy tail uh and bella so, is the horse and so she'd be wanting to manage it and you know i I truly believe if if she you know, if she'd had 100% the responsibility, there may well have been times where she would have been hanging from Bella's tail. And so that just can't happen. Now, what would that look like in that context? Well, she'd be on lead and we'd be rewarding proximity and rewarding calmness and optimism and all these things. But what I might do is I might take her off lead, immediately employ her in a game. So I'm I'm kind of giving her a little bit of responsibility, but I'm still saying here, this is what you're meant to be doing. Maybe a bit of middle, maybe some leg weaves, maybe some of the sexier than a squirrel challenge games, and then she would go back on lead without realising, and then we go back to what we were doing walking along. Now, what we've got to realise is that yeah, the lead is, is a way of You know, taking away responsibility and putting some on you. Equally, you know, telling your dog you did, they did a great job, a way of putting some responsibility on you. But also the games themselves are a way of balancing out the responsibility. When you play a game with your dog, you're kind of guiding their choices a little bit. You're not leaving them open to all the choices of the world and Bella's swishy tail. You're instead saying, hey, this is a really fun thing to do in this context.
1: And then equally, you've also got sometimes external um, factors that you might not be expecting. Now, I remember walking a very similar group of dogs with Tom on the beach Mm -hmm. and another dog came incoming very fast. Now, for different Mm -hmm. reasons, um, we would certainly create space. Now, the the outcome of the the problem of a dog running in on us would nearly always be for Tom and I to create more space. But a dog like Blink, she's very small. So as much as she's friendly with other dogs, I'm very aware that she needs one dog to smack into her. She's a six kilo dog. 5.6 kilos is about Blink's weight. So she's Mm -hmm. very, very little. Casino, equally... Tom's not gonna to want her to have a bad experience. I mean, we don't want any of them to have a bad experience, mm. but particularly not the youngster in the group. No. And she doesn't necessarily know we don't know this dog, mm. and we don't necessarily know what the interaction is gonna be like, so let's not chance mm. it there. Yeah. Bet I know one hundred percent if another strong dog comes into that group, she's gonna think, uh, eh, not on my watch. Mm. Um, and she'll be quite sort of police dog like oh, in the God, sense yeah. that she wouldn't do anything yeah. horrible, no, but she no. certainly would be like yeah. this. She she'd be thinking this is the not same on. as us. Yeah. She'd
0: be like, I've got Blink here, i am going to look be after you into lot. Her <laughs> and her uh, and therefore I'm going to do with this. she's
1: she's great because she kind of looks after the group and in the same sense we're also aware that that's not necessarily the experience we need for mm. her or for the dog so and then magma magma, in.
0: magma the main concern I'd have with magma with that is that she's a confident optimistic lovely dog and equally, I wouldn't allow too many opportunities to test that and exactly. push that and knock that. That would
1: be exactly the same as how I'd feel with Tokyo. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, he's been beautiful, but why would I want to ruin that? Yeah. And the thing is, you're. it's like you're, icing with death there because you just don't know these dogs Mm. and so for me as much as I don't want you guys to become paranoid for us this is where Tom and I would take the responsibility Mm. we'd go wider we'd go deeper we'd go further into the water we'd diffuse the situation we'd move away we'd throw some food at the dog if you need to and I know some people don't love that but you know what they are nowhere to be seen sometimes you don't even know where the dog's owner is so in some ways sometimes getting that diffusing that situation now whilst Tom and I aren't worried about how our dogs might behave we often are worried about what that interaction might end Mm. like if there's no responsible owner with that dog yeah. we don't know how that dog yeah. is going to behave really so rather than leave it to chance this is where our responsibility would step up right
0: absolutely Tom? and it goes back to that you know um if you're finding yourself thinking or saying to yourself i wonder what would happen if I let this pan out. That t- those tend to be the words that come just before. Oh no! Why did I? Did I why do that? why I knew, did I do that? I so that's where we have it kind of programmed into us. We try and get it programmed into our students. If you're if you're saying yourself, uh, saying to yourself the words, "I wonder what would happen if," that means it definitely shouldn't happen. Right? Don't now. Don't do it.
1: <laughs> Don't do it.
0: Okay. So um, those tips, guys. They what we hope you realise is that they th- there's no pressure. There's no kind of like, you must do this, this and this before this date, otherwise your dog will never be perfect. Actually, this is a lifelong journey. You're going through the world and your lives together as a team. You're supporting each other. Your dog's going to take responsibility from you where they can. You're going to take responsibility from your dog where they can. That's what being a team is all about. That's what having a pet is all about. That might not be why you got a dog in the first place, but what you've discovered is that's the cool reason why people have dogs as a result of the journey that you've been on that was this episode of the sexier than a squirrel podcast we will see you next time and remember stay sexy hey before you go have you taken part in the worldwide sexier than a squirrel challenge it's a
1: 25 day online video program huge energy amazing community and over 6,000 people are already taking part
0: only question is, you know where you are today, where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.